Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. The Zone. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. We start you off today with great news. For only the eighth time in national FFA history, we've got a Wisconsinite on the national officer team. How you doing, everybody? Hope your weekend was productive. I uh, hope the trick-and-treaters showed up at your doorstop. They, they skipped me again this year, so I've got a bowl of candy that I'm going to have to try to hide. Keep buck out of it. The weather yesterday was pretty nice for all the trick-and-treaters. For today, looks like we're going to stay on the chilly side. 45 are expected high under partly cloudy skies. Tomorrow, sunshine at 45. Wednesday, partly cloudy and 41. We don't get above the mid-40s all week long, but the good news is it doesn't look like we've got a lot of precipitation in the forecast this week. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, has weather details. The landscape across the central corn belt is going through some changes. The old authorities are starting to fade, and today are being replaced by a more dedicated, harder-working, higher-performing seed corn company. One with a team of folks raised right here and ready to serve. Whoa, boy, looks like there's a new sheriff in town. Wiffles Hybrids, quite possibly the best hybrids you can buy. Now that the elements have really started to change around the state of Wisconsin, getting your forces ready for winter, priority number one. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee on the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison as we welcome in the month of November. And although the weather has been pretty mild for us so far, we know it's going to change. And uh, we've been talking about it since early this spring. Uh, Straw prices extremely high because uh, we didn't get quite the yields that we wanted across the United States. Same thing was early expected as far as our hay supplies were concerned, Bob. But I'm wondering, at least around Wisconsin, it seems like we turned the corner and we may have enough to get us by. What are you hearing? Yeah, I think we will. We planted a lot less alfalfa. We have a lot less acreage, of course, as uh, we lose farms, more row crops going out there. But as we lose more dairies, uh, that's what happens. But uh, there should be uh, plenty of hay around not only here, but around the country. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire. Had a chance recently to talk with some folks from the National Hay Association, Amy Freeberg. She's from South Dakota, and her family's been making hay out there and selling it around the country for quite a while. And with all the news of the dry weather in the Dakotas and Minnesota, wanted to find out what kind of a year it has been. So we talked to her about that, but we also found out that this National Hay Association has been around for a long time. Our organization is 126 years old, so we're one of the oldest agrarian associations in the United States. We've met annually every year, with the exception of a couple of years during World War II. And then last year, we had our first Zoom meeting. That has never happened before. but And hopefully won't happen again. Yeah, we're hoping not. We had our annual meeting just a couple of weeks ago down in uh, San Diego, California. So what are the business items that you talked about in San Diego? 
Oh, we cover a lot of the industry. Um, right now, one of the hot topics is, of course, export. The ships are all tied up in the ports. We were able to take a bus tour down to the Imperial Valley, and that was really interesting to, you know, just talk about all the things that are going on down there and all the cargo um, containers that are sitting on chassis just waiting to either go out or come back in. It's it's just a really interesting. I mean, things are just bottlenecked right now, and I don't. we don't want to blame everything on COVID, but honestly, COVID has kind of turned our world upside down. And the way the Chinese are dealing with things in the world, too, they want those cargo cargo boxes to go back empty so they can get their stuff back here, don't they? Yeah, that's kind of unheard of. And so there's all sorts of hay waiting to be shipped that they're not taking time to ship and load the containers, but the ports are such a mess. We don't, you know, we're in the middle of the United States. We're in, in southeast South Dakota, so I'm like dead center in the middle of the United States. So I don't tend to think of all the other things that are going on, but there's it, there's a lot of messes around this country, and that's one big mess out there. And it's, and it's been coming on for two years. I mean, it's not a brand new thing, but... But it's way worse than it was. And a lot of commodities are complaining about it and suffering. Yeah. Now, when you talk about exports, Amy, Amy Freeberger is with us from the National Hay Association. When you talk about exports, what kind of packages are we talking about? We all know that we can pelletize alfalfa, but are you talking about big squares? What are you talking about going to export? You know, exporting, most of the time, it's a compressed bale. It's a cut and compressed bale. I can't tell you, tell you exactly which sizes they are, but they do compress them, and then you just get more weight in your containers doing it that way. But, but you know, for the processor and for the producer, that's another step as well. Um, it's not like you just bale the hay, put it in the cargo sh container, and away it goes. There's one more step in there. And then with Japan in particular, there's that fumigation. You've got to treat the container and make sure there aren't any bugs going their direction or coming back our direction. It's a, a fairly complex uh, line to our industry. You mentioned Japan. Is that the biggest export market for U.S. hay, or what other countries are taking our hay? I think China, between China and Japan, those are probably two of the biggest out there. That whole that whole Pacific area sends all their hay east. So they're trying to develop some new markets. India would be one of the places they're looking to develop some new markets. That hasn't come through yet. That hasn't been you know finished yet. But um, we can we can foresee in the future the United States hay because of the quality of it actually being exported and going to different countries it's just that there's countries not right now quite ready for it what about going the other way off the east coast you mentioned you're in South Dakota yeah. you have hay that's going all the way out there the, the, the western producers what about the middle of the country what is there an opportunity for export in any direction we have had lots and lots of people come to our farm. We do about 2,500 acres of hay, and everything we do goes inside a barn, and it's all in a three-by-three three bale, and it's it's very clean product. Our fields are in really, really good shape. So it's a very, um, visually, it's very green, and when we get different uh, tours that come into our farm from other countries, they're all excited about what it costs at the farm and what they can do with this. But 
by the time you figure your transportation and you figure getting it to a port, it just is never economically feasible. So whenever I have a big group that's coming and they want to visit the farm, it's fun for them to come and see, you know, how we do it and everything. But it, in the end, it never exports because we're just geographically too far away. So where we are in southeast South Dakota, all of our hay generally goes to the east. There's plenty of dairies in Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Indiana, Illinois, Pennsylvania, New York. Plenty of dairies to take our hay that we don't have to go through that extra step of compressing it because that's another big expense, that's just more machinery. Um, once, once you've established your markets, if you're happy with your markets and you're happy with what you're getting, there's just really no, no sense of trying to incur that extra expense. And as we uh, look, Amy, this year, we had so many reports of drought, especially in parts of North and South Dakota and Minnesota. The West is abnormally dry. Overall, from your membership, how was the hay crop this year? Overall, I would say there's areas that definitely suffered from not getting enough moisture. You know, you go out to the western area where they're reliant on buying their water um, to water their crop. They they did not get the tonnage that they normally would have. Where we are in the middle part of the United States is kind of interesting because the last five years have been extremely um, wet. And for us, that's just been very miserable. We have had winter kill. We've had flooded fields. We've lost to the flooding and the, and the two to five inches of rain. You know, we've just, the last five years have been really hard. Last year, we finally reestablished our fields. They look beautiful. And then we didn't have any winter kill. They look beautiful. So this year, for where we are, because we're sitting on top of an aquifer, it's been a great year for making especially dairy quality hay. But we've suffered the last four or five years, and so, to us, it's just a treat to be able to make really nice hay. We do have irrigation where we are, but we're also blessed with an aquifer underneath us. As you look, you're in those areas that we always say, when you make hay, you look at the calendar, you don't look at the sky like we do here. That's exactly right. So we're finishing our fourth cutting. We're the beginning of October here pretty soon. Um, thinking about maybe a fifth cutting, but you know, when whatever fields we take fifth on, maybe we will, maybe we won't. You just never know. You look at the long-range forecast for October. We don't want to be haying yet at Thanksgiving time. That's just, you know, we want to be done with it. So we'll see. Maybe we'll do a fifth. So what's been the demand? As you said, your market's mainly to the east. What's been the demand from uh, dairy and how do you set your price? Obviously, transportation, a lot of things figure into it. Yeah, transportation is our biggest thorn in our side right now. Um, anybody who's doing anything, sending it anywhere, they'll tell you the trucking is just miserable. Um, there aren't the drivers that there used to be. They had they had gone to putting all the drivers under a certain amount of hours, and so they weren't able to get as many miles as they were getting in. And then, I mean, COVID, you don't want to blame it all on that, but that really turned things upside down. And we don't have the drivers across the United States that we did have. Luckily, we're a 50-year-old business, family farm business, and we have relationships with a lot of different individuals and trucking companies, bigger companies. So we probably in a better shape to get a truck, but I mean, there, there are times you can't buy a truck to send a load of hay. So that is probably the cost of the hay. The hay can only get so expensive, and then the farmer can't, they can't buy it on the other end. So there's a cap on what you, what the hay is going to bring, but that we've seen another 10 maybe $15 a ton added because of just the, the freight, and that, that hurts. It always does hurt, that's for sure. Amy, I have to ask you, you go, I think you said 2,500 acres of hay approximately. How do you do that in continuous rotation, or how long will your stands last? 
and then you intercrop corn before you plant more alfalfa in there. What's your system? Yeah, we we tend to plant a field when when we plant it first into alfalfa. It comes off of a bean field from the year before because it's just in better shape. Corn is hard to put hay on the cornfield, so it's a smoother it's a smoother field, and we do it off of what we had beans on the year before, and then we would surely hope to hold that that stand for four to five years. Um, after five years, we're ready to rotate it out. I know there's a lot of people that would try to extend that stand, and you can extend it with the alfalfa if you put some grass in there. So you have like a mixed grass alfalfa, but you can only extend it so long, and then the stand's got to go. So then we'll rotate usually um, corn, soybeans, corn, or or soybeans, corn, soybeans. After three years, then we're kind of ready to put it back in. But you know, where we live, we got hit with so much winter kill and that's a surprise. You just don't know that's ever going to happen. And and because we do deep tillage in the fall of the year, even if you did have winter kill, you can't go to a deep tillaged field and think you're going to plant alfalfa seed in that. So that sometimes you just get way out of rotation, which is really what happened like five years ago. Four, three, four, five years ago. We feel like we're back in rotation again. So, um, you know, you have it in for four or five years, and then it's just for us. We're just ready to make another brand new field because they're your fancy stands. That that new seeding and then that first and second year, those are your fancy stands. And I have to ask you one final question. Do you have problems with weevil and leafhopper in Dakota? Oh, yeah. We have to spray, you know, the bugs. They like the alfalfa as well as the cow does, and so sometimes, depending on the type of year you have, you do have to you do have to spray um, for insects, you know. But and grass, sometimes we'll have too much grass in our alfalfa, and we'll have to spray for that. But we take typically really, really good care of our fields, and sometimes when you have insects, especially in that first cutting, if you cut the first cutting, then that takes care of your problem, your bug problem. Second cutting, you're usually in really good shape then, and you don't have to spray it. So. Every year is different. depends on the weather. You just got to know your fields and, and be a good hay farmer. All right, Amy Freeberg again from South Dakota, past president and a longtime member of the National Hay Association. I'm Bob Osold. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Teenage driver coming aboard your policy? Talk to Prairie Land Insurance about a good student discount. When other companies offer you only one solution, Madison's Prairie Land Insurance Agency offers you a wide array of personalized, affordable options. Is your current policy really the best? Talk to Prairie Land Insurance Agency, your local, independent, home and auto insurance agency. For your free insurance review, call 251-3009. Prairie Land Insurance Agency. Our best is the very least we can do. Aloha! Pam Yankee inviting you to join me on an agriculture tour of all four of the Hawaiian Islands, March 21st through April 2nd. We'll enjoy tropical scenery, learn about Hawaii's unique agriculture, touring a pineapple plantation, learning about salt harvesting, and more. Visit holidayvacations.com or, better yet, call them 888-557-1020 for a free brochure. That number again, 888-557-1020. So, you want to drive a Tonka truck? Well, roll up your sleeves and get ready to play in the dirt. Kalani Topsoil is looking for more people that know their dirt. Full-time seasonal positions are open for CDL dump truck drivers. Our family business will make sure you're home every night. There's competitive benefits, and you'll drive updated equipment. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Apply at KalaniTopsoil.com. Now that's good pay dirt. 
Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection serves all of Dane County and the surrounding communities. And with our new location in Monroe, we also proudly serve all of Greene County. From installation, repairs, and maintenance to complete sewer and drain cleaning, we've got you covered. Visit MononaPFP.com. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection, a name you can trust when service is a must. Rough hands, dirty boots, and farming roots. It's all we know. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Ah, first day of November. You know, it's kind of like March. In like a lamb, in like an or in like a lion. Well, so far it's kind of a mix. Little on the chilly side. Time for your Compure Financial Egg Weather update. But I'm sure, Stu, that uh, you know this is obviously just the tip of the iceberg. And honestly, it's not too bad. It seems dry outside. Yeah, and that's going to stick around all week, Pam. It stays dry. So make your plans, you know, spend more time in the cab, uh, more field work being done, harvesting being finished up, I'm sure, in many locations. Mother Nature isn't going to rain on our parade this week, at least not here. There's some precipitation further south, talking about uh, rain and snow in parts of Nebraska and even Kansas and far southwest South Dakota. None of that a threat for us. Lake effect snow up off Lake Superior, Vilas County, talking about several inches that may accumulate today and tomorrow. None of that going to affect the rest of us, but we do get the cold air, dry conditions in store, high pressure. That's really what's around for the next several days, but we do expect that it gets and stays a bit colder right on from today through Tuesday, Wednesday. Probably the bottom of the cold swing will start to rise again by Thursday and Friday and could, in fact, Talk about 50s as we head toward Friday or into the weekend. That sounds like better news, a little more comfortable again, but it does stay dry right through this next five-day work week, right through the weekend as well. The worst thing that could happen may be just a little bit of a sprinkle in the far, far northern part of the state. I'll have forecast details right after this. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. All business owners want the same thing, to make their business succeed. At Rural Mutual, they help that happen. As the third largest writer of commercial business in Wisconsin, they take the time to learn your business so they can properly protect you. Call your local agent today or visit RuralMutual.com. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. The Wisconsin Soybean Association works hard to share the voices of Wisconsin soybean growers at the state and national level, and you can become a member at badgerbean.com. Besides a voice in Washington, WSA members receive free seed, discounted event tickets, and products, not to mention news on the latest in soybean research and technology. And being a member of the Wisconsin Soybean Association also makes you a member of the American Soybean Association. So join today at badgerbean.com and help the Wisconsin Soybean Association go to work for you. Alrighty, Stu, let's have those forecast de- details. Like you said, it doesn't look like we're going to get much out of the 40s this week, but at least we shouldn't be shoveling precipitation. Oh, yeah, we're not going to worry about that. We will have that end of the growing season. If you haven't had that killing frost in your neighborhood yet, we can count on it the next couple of nights. Our Compure Financial Ag Weather update is for a mostly sunny sky today. Clouds will build in of Eau Claire to La Crosse, maybe some at Mauston here as well yet today. A little more cloudiness there, but some low to mid-40s, anywhere from about 43 or 42 at Eau Claire, maybe mid-40s in the south. The west winds 5 to 15. 
We stay clear overnight, drop back down to 30 or just below. West winds at 5 to 10. Sunny skies on Tuesday, very low 40s with the northwest winds at 5 to 10. Again, Wednesday, mostly sunny, very low 40s. West winds at 5. We push back to the mid 40s on Thursday, Pan. Maybe back up around 50 or above by Friday and the weekend. So, Just keep bundled up for a few days, and it'll be just fine. Looks like we're going to stay dry for the foreseeable future, too, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. It's uh, seven and ten days now. Still dry. Nothing nothing of consequence, even when a chance of rain tries to show up. So just keep on plugging. Yeah, that's a boy. That's a boy. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Stu. Thanks. All right. See ya. Stu Mocker, Ag Meteorologist, with weather details as we start off. The month of November. And don't forget this Ag Weather Update brought to you courtesy of our friends at Compure Financial, your financial partner committed to agriculture in rural America. Visit Compure.com. Complete recap of the 94th National FFA Convention for Wisconsin coming up. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. At Eastman Chemical Sun Prairie, they transform materials that improve your everyday life. Their technologies create innovative products and solutions with specialized molecules that make housewares more durable, cars and buildings safer, and so much more. In short, their products matter because their employees do. Eastman Chemical now has an opening for a material handler operator. Start a career at Eastman by applying online at Eastman.com. Eastman Chemical Sun Prairie. So, you want to drive a Tonka truck? Well, roll up your sleeves and get ready to play in the dirt. Kalani Topsoil is looking for more people that know their dirt. Full-time seasonal positions are open for CDL dump truck drivers. Our family business will make sure you're home every night. There's competitive benefits, and you'll drive updated equipment. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Apply at KalaniTopsoil.com. Now that's good pay dirt. Did you suffer a loss from the recent wind or hailstorm only to be let down by your current insurance company? When other companies offer you only one solution, Madison's Prairie Land Insurance Agency offers you a wide array of personalized, affordable options. Is your current policy really the best? Talk to Prairie Land Insurance Agency, your local, independent, home and auto insurance agency. For your free insurance review, call 251-3009, Prairie Land Insurance Agency. Our best is the very least we can do. At Tom's Auto Center, we're known for being up front with our auto repairs. And name brand new tires. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. Goodyear, Firestone, Brigstone, Michelin, BF Goodrich, Continental, and Kelly Tires. We carry and install them all. When you need new tires, Tom's Auto Center will make sure you leave happy. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. This looks like a car. Has tires, headlights, a hood, windshield wipers. The doors look like car doors. Open like them, too. There's a front seat, back seat, steering wheel. 99.9% of the time, this would be a car. But it's not. This is a bedroom. Anita Washington's for five weeks. There are people like Anita all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, 
will provide Anita and other women, children, and men with nearly 20,000 nights of shelter. Just one part of more than $1.4 million in food, clothing, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. The Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help with the robbery investigation. On October 22nd, at approximately 4 a.m., officers were dispatched to the Walgreens in the 7800 block of Mineral Point Road for an armed robbery. A masked black male entered the Walgreens, confronted the clerk with a firearm, and demanded cash from the register. They then fled from the store. Officers were able to conduct a canine track, which ended in the 7900 block of Tree Lane. The suspect is described as tall and muscular, wearing a gray sweatshirt, dark sweatpants, and purple shoes. If you have any information regarding this incident, please contact the Madison Police Department at 608-255-2345. If you wish to remain anonymous, please contact the Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 608-266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can receive up to $1,000 in cash rewards for tips that lead to an arrest. No doubt about it. The best seat in the house is the one in your bathroom. The toilet is one of those things you never expect to act up or break down. But when it does, Benjamin Plumbing will have one of their capable service techs check things out. It could be something as simple as a float valve. Or it could be you're due for a brand new, comfy toilet. And not to worry, the majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Temperamental Toilet? Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Uh, so yeah, Aaron Rodgers, he's he's loving, you can tell from what he says, his body language, just how he's acting. He's vibing hard this season. Yeah, and, and then look look at some of the players that you, you mentioned that they've picked up. I mean, you just we just talked about Merciless. Yeah, he's giving them good snaps. Obviously, it's veteran leadership. He's a guy that's played some big-time snaps. Mm-hmm. You look at Rasul Douglas, who somehow was on a practice squad. Like, that was a guy, like, he even said it in some of the clips we played earlier. That was a guy that he's a main roster guy. Yeah. And yeah. all of a sudden, he found himself on a practice squad going, what the hell am I supposed to do? Well, what do you feel like? Good. Yeah. He, he said, like, uh, he almost I feel felt like, like doing was, nothing. Yeah, he almost felt like he was wasting time. Like, he didn't know what he was doing. Well, those are some guys there. We talked about Devondre Campbell being a, a street free agent and being available is, is just wild from where we were at, man, probably two weeks before the season started. We were talking about how Chris Barnes had played pretty well as an undrafted free agent the year before, and they had just cut Kamal Martin. Mm-hmm. And that was a guy that at times showed flashes in his rookie year, but couldn't stay healthy and didn't necessarily have the sideline-to-sideline speed that you were necessarily looking for. And remember, the the Packers have kind of been searching for a solid inside backer for a long time. And yep. I'm, not, I'm not talking about, like, Blake Martinez, who was nice and serviceable, but obviously got overpaid to go to New York. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the all-time, you know, tackler in A.J. Hawk, who 
you know, he was a solid player, but he wasn't running sideline to sideline. Like you got to go back to like what a year or two of like Desmond Bishop <laughs> or even, or, I'm serious. Yeah. And even before that, maybe Nick Barnett. Yeah. Like that's a long time ago. That's like Who 15 years to be ago. One of those injuries that Rogers exactly. was talking about in 2010. Yeah, totally. Like you go, you go back, you go back and like you said, Desmond Bishop, that was over 10, 11 years ago. And he was a short lived because of all the injuries you have to go back almost 15 years to get to Nick Barnett. Yeah. Like they've been looking for a good inside linebacker for a long time. And it looks like they found one of Andre Campbell. He's a street for, free agent. Exa- and he can run sideline to sideline. Which line. is insane. How about, how about some of the tackles that he made where he sacked uh, Kyler Murray, where it's like normally you watch a Packers team in the past and they would get pressure like that. And they're missing a play on a shifty, quick yeah. Kyler Murray. Or they're just no. grabbing his face mask and twirling yeah. his head around he, like Rashawn Gary. He, he dropped <laughs> Kyler Murray you, multiple times in yeah. the open field. And it's not even that, but it's like, okay, you look at Rashawn, uh, Rash- you look at Douglas, Rasul Douglas. You look at. Led the team that, in tackles last night. That guy. He's a monster. If you look at a healthy Green Bay roster, you have Jair Alexander, who is one of the top three corners in the league. Mm-hmm. You had. Kevin King, who was a serviceable number two last year when healthy. You add Eric Stokes, who I know he was dealing with hamstring issues, but DeAndre Hopkins, outside of that one big play where Stokes let up for about half a second, mm-hmm. which is what got uh, Hopkins open, yep. Hopkins didn't do a whole lot. And hey, two I know catches. He, I know he had hamstring issues. Two catches. But Eric Stokes has done more good than bad this year Correct. as a guy that's basically been thrusted into the number one corner position in the NFL and hasn't even played yep. eight games yet. It's been uh, sorry, he's only played eight games. Yeah, it's been incredible. And then on top of that, those are supposed to be your top three. Chandon Sullivan was a guy that was your nickel last year, and obviously he, he kind of got picked on with Kevin King against Tampa. Rasul Douglas was expected to be like your number five. Yeah, he was yeah. like, he was like, if we see this guy in the field, it's over. He now, and then like, they signed where he is now, like we're, a starter. We're done. That's yeah. it. Then they also signed Quentin Dunbar, who didn't work out. But those guys were expected to be your five, six, yeah. seven cor- corner. And now look all at of him. a sudden, he's now thrusted in that number two position. He's making plays that win game for you. He's playing really yeah. good football, and it's a lot of them. You have the yeah. interception, the steal, and obviously, and RJ did say he led the team in tackles as well at nine. Yeah. Uh, one more, I'm going to hear a little more from Rogers here with Aaron Andrews after the game on NFL on five. Russell Douglas, unbelievable. We talked all game, and I told you yesterday how Kyler Murray looked up to you, was very excited about meeting you. I'm sure not under those circumstances. What did you tell him? I said I respect the way he plays. He's starting off with a, you know, with some incredible uh, years he's putting together. He's so talented, arm talent. Obviously, he runs all over the place. Um, so we'll see in the playoffs. You know, Kyler Murray is that new breed, the new era of quarterback. But here's the thing: the old guard ain't done yet. She's sweeter than a glass of chocolate milk and louder than a morning rooster. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Yeah, emphasis on sweet. I imagine that you may still be trying to control the sugar intake in your household after a Halloween weekend. What's also sweet is we've got the first national FFA officer member from Wisconsin in uh, better than a decade. Talking about that as we roll our way through a Monday. I'm Pam Yankee. 
Now, from the Alcivia Farm News Desk, here's what's happening on the first day of November. On this day back in 1870, the U.S. Weather Bureau established in Wisconsin. The Milwaukee office of the U.S. Weather Bureau started on this day in 1870. It was first located in the Chamber of Commerce building at the corner of Broadway and East Michigan Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. December that year, it was relocated to an insurance business, and uh, that was on the corner of Broadway and East Michigan Avenue. So the U.S. Weather Bureau comes to Wisconsin on this day back in 1870. On this day in 1993, the Maastricht Treaty came into force. Now, what does that mean? Well, the Maastricht Treaty basically made the euro the common currency for the European Union countries. And I've been to Maastricht, beautiful place, and uh, now I'm pretty familiar with the euro, as I'm sure you are as well. That was on this day back in 1993. And on this day in 1954, the Duke, John Wayne, got married to actress Peeler Paletti in Kona, Hawaii whom he remained married to until his death. So there you go. A couple kid tidbits to start you off on this first day of November. Well, like I said, the big news for Wisconsin occurred on Saturday when Courtney Zimmerman from the Spencer FFA was selected to be a part of the National FFA officer team. That hasn't happened for a Wisconsinite since back in 2012, and she becomes only the eighth Wisconsinite ever to be on the national officer team. She also happens to be the sister of our own Aaron Zimmerman, who talked to her after the announcement. Down here at the National FFA Convention in Indianapolis with the newly elected National FFA Central Region Vice President, Courtney Zimmerman. Courtney, how are you feeling? I don't exactly know what to feel right now. It's just still so surreal of what happened, and I'm so excited. So tell me a little bit about what you are excited for being able to serve as a national officer for this next year. One of the things I am most excited for and one of the reasons of why I ran for national office was just helping students nationwide wide find their value within this organization. So whether they come from an agricultural rooted background or a non-traditional ag student that, you know, comes from a first generation FFA family, um, no matter where they come from, I want them to know of their value in this organization and that they're all important. So now you've had a busy week here for the national officer election process. Tell for people who don't know a lot about it, tell them a little bit about everything that you went through and, uh, you know, what it took to get here. Yeah, definitely. So we actually got in here well before convention started. I think I flew in on Friday. And then the process started the next day on Saturday. So we went through personal interviews, stand and deliver. So that's where we gave a speech. We talked to industry stakeholders. It was a very tedious process, but it was definitely something that not only wasn't an experience to have, but it's definitely something that I personally grew from. And now, obviously, you didn't just walk into the process here at the beginning of the week not prepared, you know, to be elected as a national officer. What did it take prior to convention, you know, in your prior experiences that helped you to get there? One of the biggest things that I focused on before running um, actually at convention was I just needed to find who I was and my reasons for running. And being able to just focus in on digging deeper into myself was so helpful in the process because I was able to find a bunch of experiences and stories that I have that are so valuable in sharing with other people because, you know, I have these stories and unless I share them, nobody will. So being able to... Um, 
just share my story and dig deeper into who I am. But then also I had a lot of support um, from past national FFA officers, from my family, from state staff. So I'm just grateful for all of them for being able to help me through this experience. So for people that might not know, let's dig a little into who are you? Tell me a little bit about your background, FFA experiences and those kind of things. Yeah. So, well, I am Courtney Zimmerman. I originally am from the Spencer FFA chapter, and that's a small chapter in the exact center of the state. And I got involved in FFA in seventh grade right when I could. And I've gotten involved through conferences and conventions and LDEs and you named it. And I loved getting involved in it. But then also I was able to grow my own supervised agricultural experience, which was working on my family's small cow-calf operation where we show cattle in the summer and we travel around. And it's just an awesome experience that I've been able to grow from and then also put towards my FFA. Now, let's talk a little bit about, obviously, everybody was excited to be back down here in Indianapolis for the in-person convention. How did it feel to be back down here in amongst these members, not just doing the national officer candidate process, but just being here at convention as well? It was just so incredible because, like I said earlier, we got down here early before members started arriving, before advisors, before everyone really came. And then when we, once we started to see a few members flow in, it was just an incredible feeling that you had, just that everybody was excited to be back. We were excited to see what the convention had in store for us. And we were just, I don't even know, it was just such an awesome feeling to have. And the members were so excited excited and the energy that they brought just you could live off of it because it was just so incredible. Now what are the next steps? Now you are elected. What are the next things in becoming now a national officer and getting into the role? Yeah, so we get about a month-ish off to uh, wrap up school and finish the lives that we left back at home a week ago. And from there, we'll dive into being a team and learning about each other and finding all our strengths so we can share those with the members and share them with each other and just get ourselves ready so we can be put out in front of the members and give them what they deserve. Well, you heard it here first. Wisconsin is going to be well represented at the national level this year. Your new national FFA Central Region Vice President, Courtney Zimmerman from the Spencer FFA chapter here in Wisconsin. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Aaron Zimmerman. Thanks, Aaron, for taking a little time out of the family celebration to bring that audio to us. Again, congratulations, Courtney Zimmerman from the Spencer FFA, first national FFA officer since 2012 from America's Dairyland, getting ready to start the big adventure today. Well, we'll have more from the National FFA Convention, courtesy of Aaron, in just a little bit. And a chance to visit with the CEO of the National FFA Organization. We'll hear those comments before we're wrapped up on this Monday. Let's pivot, though, and take a look at markets this morning, which are trending lower as far as corn and soybeans are concerned. We'll get our latest crop progress report this afternoon. Dow Jones Industrial Average in overnight activity up more than 100 points, so it's not that. We do have December corn down a penny right now at 567. November soybeans are down about eight at twelve twenty-eight. December wheat, though, that's up two and three quarter cents right now, seven seventy-five and a half. July new crop wheat up a penny and a quarter, seven seventy-seven a bushel. 
Barrel cheese on Friday dropped three quarters of a cent to a dollar eighty two. Forty pound block cheese was down four and three quarter cents at one sixty seven and a half. Double A butter finished the week unchanged at a dollar ninety four per pound. Now the November milk is currently a penny stronger at eighteen fifty one a hundredweight. December closed on Friday down a nickel at eighteen forty six a hundredweight. Like I said, our emphasis this morning is on our wrap-up of the National FFA Convention that concluded on Saturday in Indianapolis. Aaron Zimmerman had a chance to visit with the CEO of the National FFA Organization about the direction going into 2022. His conversation coming your way. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Doctor? Doctor. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. We offer routine maintenance and precise surgery for your vehicle. Plus, Valvoline Professional Services to protect the health of your car. Does your doctor give you a warranty? We do. More than mechanics. At Tom's Auto Center, we're more like family physicians for your car. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Tom's Auto Center. No doubt about it. The best seat in the house is the one in your bathroom. The toilet is one of those things you never expect to act up or break down. But when it does, Benjamin Plumbing will have one of their capable service techs check things out. It could be something as simple as a float valve. Or it could be you're due for a brand new, comfy toilet. And not to worry, the majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Temperamental Toilet? Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Have prairie exteriors add more value to your roof? Right now, get free gutters or leaf protection with the purchase of any roof. Imagine a new roof to highlight your home outlined by stunning handcrafted gutters for free from Prairie Exteriors. Improve the look and value of your property with one of the area's highest rated exterior companies, Prairie Exteriors. Prairie Exteriors, now that's impressive. PrairieExteriors.com Well, the Blue Jackets have filled the streets of Indianapolis once again, and I'm finally down here, here on the last day of National FFA Convention, and here with the CEO of the National FFA Organization, Scott Stump. Now, Scott, looks like you guys have had a great week, and, you know, things look like they've gone pretty well. Absolutely. We've uh, pulled together, on, and we're on track to be uh, right at 60,000 uh, individuals, uh, students predominantly, but teachers and parents and supporters and sponsors and donors, uh, everyone who has a, a vested interest in seeing young people succeed. That's who we've gathered together and uh, filled them with a renewal and a bucket-filling experience. Sure. And, you know, obviously last year we didn't have the convention. We ran it from Fort Worth, Texas instead. You know, how does it feel back be to be back in 
Indianapolis. You, you have no uh, way of no, uh, being able to explain the excitement uh, and the uh, uh, the joy that it's brought us to bring people back together in a safe environment. And uh, we've got the protocols in place to ensure that uh, we can take care of them and provide that environment that still allows them to, especially for our students, get a taste uh, of leadership, personal growth, and career success in the industry of agriculture. Sure. Now, you know, I heard rumored that you guys maybe actually didn't quite anticipate this almost 60,000 member um, attendance at the convention. Tell me a little bit about that and, you know, uh, what you planned for and you know, how it changed. I don't know how you get your insider information, but Aaron, you're absolutely right. And yes, last spring, uh, while the, the pandemic was still a little bit more uh, raging, kind of in that space of May and June, uh, we were anticipating about thirty to 35,000 individuals to join us and hoping that that would be the case. And uh, because many school districts uh, had yet to uh, reopen, many school boards were yet still figuring out what the fall uh, semester would look like and what requirements they'd have in place. And so we just feel blessed that uh, we've almost doubled that number because I, I do think there's a pent up need. And I was talking to an ag teacher from Colorado, a good friend of mine uh, from over the years, and um, he ended this conversation by just saying, Scott, we need this. And I will tell you, there's uh, such disruption, such loss, such uncertainty in the past 18 months. Uh, this is a chance for a path forward uh, and to provide hope and a light that I uh, sincerely hope each of these students take back to their home communities and share. Now, you know, with this many students, you know, obviously we're not completely out of the clear in in the pandemic. And you say you kind of have some protocols in place. You know, how do you plan for this many people? Because it's quite a few people, you know, to be able to make sure that it's safe and make sure that, you know, nothing really happens. We've been working for months with the uh, Marion County Health Department, uh, reviewing and working with the, the CDC guidelines, uh, really working with the facilities that each have their own requirements that they can or have or uh, put in place. And uh, so in that process, you know, we did uh, early on decide that uh, masking would be one of those deterrents that we'd, we would use in our plan to ensure that students would be able to come, enjoy, and go back safely to their home communities. Uh, we also put in place quarantine rooms within each of the facilities that if a student or a parent or a sponsor was exhibiting systems that we could immediately separate them from the rest of the participants and then monitor them and get them the testing and the support and medical attention that they needed. And I'll be happy to, I'm happy to report that we really have not had to use the quarantine rooms and we have had a couple of students that before they got on the grounds exhibited systems and we were able to connect them with local shops that did the rapid testing and the two that in particular came back negative. So feeling very blessed. That sounds great. Now, you know, when you originally plan for a few less and you get this many students, uh, let's go to the side of, you know, your merchandise, your, you know, planning for everything else for convention, I guess, that you have to make sure is here and make sure is present to serve all the members that come. How does that go? And, you know, how do you work with that? Yeah, you, you uh, as uh, we've always done in agriculture and education and FFA, we uh, put our best foot forward and work very hard. And so our team has uh, worked really hard, number one, to uh, get everyone fed. And as people from across this nation know, uh, finding enough labor and, and staff at food service uh, uh, shops and restaurants uh, has been difficult. And uh, But I will tell you, there's been such a grace among our ag teachers and our students. Uh, they've found ways to find meals. They've ordered on Grubhub. They've used a lot of other tools uh, to, to access 
access uh, pizza or uh, dinner for the evening. Um, you know, and then the merchandise, uh, you know, we uh, logistics is, uh, issues are real across this nation. We've had ships sitting off the uh, coast of California for months just waiting. And uh, we had about half of the total products that we normally include in our shopping mall uh, experience. Uh, and we were sold out by yesterday afternoon at about uh, 2.30 p.m. And that is not normal. We'd normally still been selling at this point. But uh, we just feel pleased and blessed to, to be able to provide uh, students with the experience. Now, other than your health protocols, the masks, those kind of things, the career show, the sessions, everything else, pretty normal? Pretty normal, yes. Every, the career show was just uh, slightly smaller than prior years because a variety of our corporate partners uh, have not been allowed yet to uh, go back to traveling and, and being in that uh, uh, outward-reaching posture uh, other than through virtual means. Uh, in addition to the on-site with uh, you know, the American degree ceremonies going on right now, we're uh, awarding over 3,000 of our students that are the uh, ones that have truly invested five, six years in securing the records and documentation to show their highest achievement uh, uh, ultimately, uh, that piece had to be in person, that graduation ceremony. Uh, in addition to that, you know, we did have workshops in person. And, um, yeah, and we'll hear very quickly uh, next, uh, elect our nas- next national officer team. Uh, we did, though, uh, learn from the pandemic that there are some things that we can deliver virtually. And so we still have virtual workshops going on that students all over this nation can access and be a part of. Uh, we also have uh, what's called the Blue Room Experience, which shows the latest and greatest in the technology uh, of agriculture that teachers have been able to use all week uh, from classrooms across the United States. Cool. You know, and let's, I guess, dig into that virtual aspect of a little bit. Learning how to do things, you know, last year in the pandemic virtually. Let's talk about how that's also, I guess, provided, I guess the convention has always been streamed, but now I guess it's streamed on a little bit, you know, wider platform, as well as, you know, I've seen a couple times where maybe students weren't able to make it to stand on stage, but you still made them present here. Absolutely. We've brought them in via Zoom and Teams and other features to uh, allow them to be a part of this conversation uh, virtually from the stage. Uh, in addition to that, you know, and, and one of our lines of our motto is uh, learning to do, but then the second one is doing to learn. And over this past year, we've had a lot of experiences of just doing and learning while we're doing it and then now being able to take that and expand it. You know, we have a convention app this year that uh, knowing that programs would be handed around and have a lot of touch points, uh, we decided to go completely virtual with the convention program. But that also allows us to stream to every student's phone, whether they're in the arena for a session or not, uh, they can watch that uh, session immediately from their phone. And any FFA member across the nation can do that uh, as opposed to going to their computer or their TV. Uh, They can take the convention with them in any moment, any place, anywhere. And having been forced to learn how to do that now gives us great potential as we move forward. Definitely. That's awesome. And I know I've been using the app here at home before I got down here as well, watching the convention, watching sessions, seeing what's going on and everything as well. Well, anything else you'd like to share about this great week of convention that you had down here in Indianapolis? Well, I would just say uh, for those of you that uh, yeah, have yet to uh, come back and connect in, because I know there's many former members and alumni and supporters across the state of Wisconsin, across that north uh, central region of the United States, uh, 
yeah, we'd love to, to reconnect with you. And there's a, a new tool that we've uh, released within the past two years called the Forever Blue Network. And it's just foreverbluenetwork.org. And it gives you a chance to reconnect with other alumni, maybe people that uh, you uh, met at a national convention that you're hoping to re-engage with. Uh, it's a great place to reconnect. But it also will be a place that will allow states and on a national level uh, to send out information about opportunities, where to re-engage. And I say that because this is uh, our FFA alumni's 50th anniversary year. And we've been celebrating this week with some uh, pretty fun events here at convention, but uh, do know that there's great things ahead, and we would just love for any of those members that are out there that, um, yeah, want to reconnect with the organization, we've got a way for you to do that. Awesome. That's great. Well, that's Scott Stump, CEO of the National FFA Organization down here at the National FFA Convention.